0: couple of weeks we're going to be speaking about solid ground and about laying our foundation in Jesus Christ and a solid ground and a solid foundation and uh, some of you have been doing foundations in your connect group so this will just build upon that Um, and if you're listening on the internet that's good so you won't miss out on anything but um, yes solid ground and I was thinking about this and we all know a lot of uh, us the parable about the from Matthew chapter 7 and building your life upon the rock. And Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and bet on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended... And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And that's what we wanna be, that we, we understand that we, we listen to what God says, we listen to what he, what he says about who he is and who he says we are. And that we found our life on that. Because it's very easy to get to, to tossed to and fro and to, get, and to get you know a bit of the world in and a bit of God and a bit of what everybody else is and try and mix it all together you know what you're going to get? You're going to get sludge. And sludge is not a good thing to build your life on. It doesn't do well for houses. They sink under pressure. And it doesn't do well for lives either. We won't want to be building our life on sludge. We want to build it on the rock who Jesus Christ is. And uh, so the next couple of weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. And some of you will go, oh, you know, I know all that. You know what? We can always learn something. And if you just say, God, teach me more about you, you're going to get something out of it. Is that all right? All right? good let's pray together lord i thank you that you are such a good god i thank you that you love us so much i thank you for your presence here i thank you for the angelic presence that's here this morning and uh, just the awesome time of worship and praise we've been able to have coming into your courts lord and lord i pray that the words that you've laid on my heart to speak lord that they will be received that um really touch our lives afresh today lord We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, amen. So there is one essential understanding that if we're going to build a life on Jesus Christ, we're going to build a life with God as our foundation that we have to get. Do I need to stand still? That's sad. (laughs) Um, Is that one essential understanding that we need to understand to build a life on solid ground is that God is Good. Can you say that to me? God is good. If we can get that down, we're almost there. Do you know what I mean? If we, it's like our journey with God is never like you just, oh, I do this, this and this, I get to end. But if we can lay the foundation of the fact that God is good and that he is good when? All the time. See, there's a song for every occasion. I don't know the tune for that, but I'm sure it'll come up. There you go. Oh, yeah, it's coming back to me. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Don't let them loosen the prayer meeting, I tell you what. (laughs) God is good, and he's good all the time. He's good all the time. There is no evil. There is no darkness in him. There's no shifting shadows or hidden agendas. What he says, he does. Who he says he is, that's who he is. He says, I am that I am, and that's it. Yeah, there is no shiftiness in him. There is no evil. There is no shadow. There is no hidden things in him. What he says he is, he is. There's mysteries to him that we've, but he says that he will reveal those mysteries to us. He's not trying to hide things from us, but he loves for us to connect up with him so he can show himself to us. He is not a man that he should lie, Numbers 23 says. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 says, I am the Lord and I do not change, Malachi says. You know, I am the Lord and I do not change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I did back there, what I said at the beginning, it still stands. He does not shift around. What He says in His Word, you can bank on it. You can take it all the way to the bank and hold on to it. You you can put money on this because it is true. You know, in the secular world, you can put money on this. Yeah? Because God is true. He is faithful and what He says, He will do. God is good. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void and darkness is on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light, it was good. And he divided the light from the darkness. The Bible tells us that God is the creator of the universe and that he initiated creation by releasing light with his word. I want to take us back to the beginning because when we go back to the beginning, we see the whole purpose and reason for us being here. We see the whole purpose and reason for the universe being created in the first place and we see who did it and why he did it. So I want to take us right back to Genesis 1 verse 1 and that's what I just read to you. God did that. He created, he sent forth his word and bang, the lights went on. And the New Testament says that God is love. 1 John chapter 4 says that, that he is love. The Old Testament makes the same declaration. It says God is full of compassion. I want you to remember that verse. God is full of compassion, that's Psalm 78. And that he is gracious, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Praise God for that. That his tender mercies are over all his work, Psalm 145. Have you ever thought... If God is full of compassion, how much that compassion is since God has an unlimited capacity? God is full of compassion. How much is that? How much compassion does God have if he's full of it? And since his capacity is infinite, that's a pretty awesome thing. Just that little verse, that God is full of compassion, that he is gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love. He is compassion, because if he is full of compassion, he is it. It's is not a thing, it is not a feeling, it's him. He is compassion, and his compassion and love for us is a magnitude, his magnitude is immense. It's like staggering. And God wants us to contemplate and think upon the fact that he is full of compassion, that he is full of love for us, that his love is absolute, that his mercies over us are never-ending, and if we can base what we believe and who we are and who God is and the foundation for what our faith on the fact that God is good, that he is full of compassion and absolute love for us, I tell you what, you're going to be all right. We're going to be all right if we can found it. And when we come back and we might stray a little bit over here, come back. God is love. He is compassion. His love for us is absolute. Keep on coming back to that point. No matter what comes your way, and stuff does, Jesus himself said, You'll have trials and tribulations in the world, but you know what? You've overcome them. Why? Because come back to the central point that God is love, that God is compassion, that God is good. God is good. God is good, and He's good all the time. Why? Because He's full of compassion, He's full of absolute love. If we can ground our life in that, you'll be solid and you'll stand no matter what comes you'll be able to stand because you know who's got you. Who's got you? The God who is full of compassion. Amen? That's something to get excited about later. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good, and he wants us to know that goodness. You know, it's not just that he's good, oh, I'm up here and God's good. It's actually that he wants us to know his goodness. You know, Moses asked to see God's glory. And God said, Oh, I make my goodness... Pass before you. Imagine that the God Creator of the universe hangs out with Moses and says, "You know what? I'm going to let my goodness, who I am, the essence of who I am, pass before you." But he says, "But if you, who have evil and sin in you, because Jesus said, you know, all that he was, he was still had sin in him, was he wasn't protected, then he would have any sin in him or evil in him would have been burnt up and destroyed." Because God is so absolute goodness and purity that he wouldn't have been able to handle it. Anything that wasn't quite right and Moses would have been sizzled up and he would have died. And so God said, I am so good, I'm going to let you see my goodness but I want to protect you and put you, hide you in the cleft of a rock. And then I'm going to, he's put his hand over him, imagine how big God's hand is, and he just passed and then he let Moses see his back. Let him see his goodness. Now Moses, when he hung out with God, he shone so much when he came down off those mountains that they had to put a veil on his face because he was so hard to look at. Because God's goodness and his light and who he is just radiated out and hit Moses and it got him. And you know, imagine that, he just saw his back. He couldn't have, we can't handle how powerful and absolute the goodness of God is. So he kind of just lets us have little bits. That's why, you know, you say... Can you feel God? Well, yes, because He's absolute power, He's absolute goodness. Do you put your finger in a light socket and fiddle with the wires? Are you going to feel anything? Yes? You know, we have circuit breakers and stuff, but yes, you are going to feel something. Well, here is God. And he says, I'll just give you a little touch. If we want, you know, we, our bodies can't handle the absoluteness of God, but he gives us a little bit, just like he did Moses. But he wants us, to, he wants to show us his goodness. He wants to show us himself. There is absolute goodness. And um, if, you want, if you look at the very beginning again in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and it, you know, we, we know this scripture if we've been in church more than five minutes, it's in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. What if you say in the beginning love created heavens and the earth? Or in the beginning compassion created the heavens and the earth? In the beginning goodness created the heavens and the earth? Or, put it all together, in the beginning, God, who is absolute love, compassion and goodness, created the heavens and the earth. When you start to look at that, if you start to see that love and compassion and goodness are behind creation, then it reveals the reason and purpose for creation. It's the fact that God did it because he needs someone to love. He created all that we see around us because he needed someone to love because compassion isn't satisfied with selfish endeavours. Compassion has to give of itself. Compassion has to bless somebody. Compassion needs someone to fellowship with. So when God, who is absolute goodness and compassion and love, created the universe, it was because he wanted someone to share his love and compassion with and so he made this amazing world that was full of goodness for us to enjoy. And what God started at the beginning... God does not change. He is not a man that he should love. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. For what he said and who he was at the beginning is what he's like now. Just because evil came into the world, just because sin came in and tried to mess it up, just because mankind ran away from God does not mean that God is not good anymore. Does not mean that he doesn't love us. Does not mean that he doesn't want to pour out his compassion into us, because that's how he was at the beginning. And if we can ground ourselves in that, we'll get an understanding of how our life is meant to play out, that we have God full of compassion who's wanting to pour out and give to us. Because compassion, when you have compassion for somebody, when you have compassion for those around you, what do you want to do? Give to them. What else do you want to do? Love them. What else do you want to do? Bless them. Oh, (laughs) did you get that? When you are compassion, that is who he is. What does he want to do? He wants to love you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give to you because that's who he is. And he can't contain himself. He says, I just got to give it away because that's who he is. That's who he is. His immense love for mankind is so enormous that he just has to give it to us. The sad part about it is mankind often pushes him away. But it doesn't mean he doesn't run after us trying to bless us, trying to give to us, trying to comfort us, trying to heal us, trying to deliver us. He runs after us. Amen for that. Genesis tells us that God said, let there be light. But the Hebrew way of saying things is a little bit more short and to the point. And if you look at the Hebrew translation, it is actually more forceful. And God actually said, light be. And light was you know God's straight to the point light be bang and Genesis tells us over and over that God said and it was so you know what God was teaching us by repetition you know he said he he created the sun and the moon what did he say sun be moon be stars be and he said grass grow he just said and he was trying to teach us something because he knew that he was going to create sons and daughters that's us he was going to create a family and he wanted to teach us, his family, how to get things done. And so he would say, light be. And so he expects us to copy his example, to take authority because he said, I give you all authority and heaven and earth has been given to you. Why did he do that? Because he created a family and he expected the family to do something with it, all that he'd given. And when he said light be, he said a massive plan into action Because you know what? When he said light be, he wasn't creating the moon or the stars or the sun. Read Genesis chapter 1 again. The moon and the stars and the sun weren't created till the fourth day. The fourth day. When he said light be, he was releasing the light of his own glory. The essence of himself, of his presence and his substance to create. When he said light be... It states that he is our light and our salvation in the Bible. It was he, who he is he was releasing. Because before that, it was all darkness. And it wasn't the sun and the moon that he created. It was that he released the Big Bang. And even scientists are catching up with the Bible. And if you talk to some of them, they'll say that the universe began as a result of a massive explosion of electromagnetic radiation. In other words, Light and has been expanding ever since. Light was the original force of the universe. And when God, who is light, because the Bible says continually that God is light, that he is our light and our salvation. And so when he spoke light be, he was was setting forth his essence into the universe and that it would be like a container for him to be able to create the universe in us. When he said light be, he wanted to clothe us and the creation and the universe and mankind, his family, and, and surround us 100% with his glory all the time. Imagine that. That's what God did. He said, Light be. And he wasn't creating the sun and the moon then. He was going, Boomph. And now I'm going to have this awesome, encompassing light. And I'm going to put the world in it. I'm going to put the planet in it. And it was his essence. So we are surrounded. You know, whole creation cries out that there is a God because it is surrounded with his glory. When you go out and look at that, look at the light around you, look at the, you you can feel the presence of God when you start to think that he actually made a container of his light, of his essence, for him to be able to put the world and the planets in, that it was who he is. You're surrounded by the glory of God without you even knowing it because he said, light be, and it was. I'll let you think upon that. When God made man, he made him in his image. He formed his body and he spoke, let us make man. And he spoke and breathed life. He released his essence and light, his compassion and life into mankind. And if God is light, then mankind was clothed in that light in the very beginning. I want you to think about this. I've been thinking about this recently. You know, we often think that Adam and Eve run around, and, you know, in the nutty run. Now we're doing the nudie runs, <laughs> and now we're just waltzing around. But you know what? If God is light, and he is clothed in light, and he is, his essence is light, and all through Scripture you'll see that. Well, I, don't, I wonder, in actual fact, they weren't visibly naked, but they were illuminated by light. And when sin came into their life, the light went out, and then they saw that they were naked. You know, when Adam and Eve, that they were illuminated with, because God breathed his life and his essence into them, and they were clothed with light. And you know, when you Matthew chapter 17, it says that Jesus, when he was transfigured on the mountain, before them, before the disciples, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And you read it in the Bible. So, you know, they weren't naked, they were clothed in light. You know, and, and you, you hear sometimes, well, actually, I've experienced this in a small little way when I went, went over to Melbourne last November and I'd been in the presence of God and, a, and a, God touched me in a new way and I had a God experience that has left me quite changed. And when I came home, well, back to where we were staying, Mum and her friend Peter were with me, and I looked in the mirror and my face was shining. And Mum was here, so she can testify, that it's actually glowing, and I got on the phone to Philip, and I'm, I was a bit happy, <laughs> and my fa- I kept on saying, my face is shining, I look in the mirror, my face is shining, and it was like, it was glowing. Now that's just a little portion of God's presence on me, because I had this moment and time with God, but if he can make my face glow like that, because I've been in his presence and his essence is light, can you imagine what Adam and Eve look like? Can you imagine? And you imagine, that's why Moses had to clothe himself with a veil, because he was shining. And Jesus, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, they couldn't look upon him because it was so white, he shone like light. Now, guess what? We have that light in us. Jesus says, we are what? The light of the world. Ooh. And it's not just this little light bulb, you know, or it's little, you know, you sometimes see a little halo. Why did they draw halos over, over the angels? Why? Because that's the only way they could understand how to explain light. And you are children of God. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God, whose essence is light. Whose essence, another word for light, is glory. So you have a light in you. You have a light in you. And it says, don't put your light under a bushel. Why? Because we're so prone to try and snuff that light. Oh, I don't want to shine too brightly. People might think I'm weird. might think I'm odd what are they gonna say just let your light shine I tell you what you know, we have had our sins washed away. We have had the separation between God and man washed away. You know, Adam and Eve messed up. The devil came and messed up things, but Jesus brought it back for us. And so we can be clothed in his glory, in his light, so that people know there's something different about you. And I've seen it. I've seen the lights come on, and people, when they come to know Jesus, they've had this darkness. They've got, they're have got they like a dead man walking. And then lights come on. And we get so used to slodging around in the sludge that we forget that we have a light in us that is illuminating us from the inside because the Holy Spirit abides in it and we've just got to let our light shine. Let your light shine. I'm sure there's a song for that. There is. Just let your light shine because you have the illuminating power and essence of the Most High God glowing on the inside, on the outside of you. We don't have to say, God, let your, you know, let your glory fall. We want to feel his presence all around you but you've got the glory of God, the Most High on you right now because you're his son and his daughter. And just how, that's what he planned at the beginning. Go back to the beginning, because when you go back to the beginning, you see what God's heart was, and he did it for us. Right back at the beginning, he said that he knew what the enemy was going to do, and he made a plan. He said, let's stick together. Jesus, you're going to go, and you're going to redeem them. You're going to rescue them, and you're going to snuff out the enemy's plan. And he did so that your light could shine again, so that you could be illuminated and clothed and have the essence of God within you. And we've got it. We just forget. And we listen to the liar, the father of lies, which is our enemy, the devil. We listen to him, and he gets us, so we forget who we are. Just like Eve and Adam, they forgot who they were. If they had remembered and really got hold of it, they would never have been fooled to have been taking that fruit. They forgot a millisecond, because they listened, don't forget who you are, I know stuff happens, I know stuff happens, but that's the enemy trying to make you forget who you are, trying to steal from you, trying to rob from you, trying to destroy, because he knows if you can grab hold of it as God's sons and daughters, he is not going to be able to do much, There is nothing that he dreads more than somebody who knows who they are in Christ and knows they're illuminated by the essence and presence and power of God and they walk in that. When they get out of bed, they go, oh no. The demons go, oh no. Oh no. She's up. Amen. He's under our feet. Do you understand what I mean? And if if you go back to the beginning, that's what God planned in the beginning and he wants us to know We've got to get tougher about who we are and not listen to the stinking lies of the devil. Too often we do add his job for us, you know, for him. We get up and go, oh, I'm just feeling terrible. Oh, I'm just a worthless blah, blah. Oh, I'm not weak, you no know, very strong. Oh, I'm a sinner, oh, I'm this. I'm unworthy. God, you can choose somebody else because I'm so, you know, weak and I'm not very good at this. I'm just little old me. You know, God's forbidden me to say that anymore. I'm just little old me. And he You are not. I don't want you talking like that anymore. You're a royal priesthood. You're chosen, you're called, you're anointed, you're full of my power. You have resurrection power residing on the inside of you, you have anointing on you. You are my chosen child. Do not just say, I'm just little old me. Because what he said at the beginning is still what he says I am God and I do not change. you know, some, I was reading a poem this week, and some of you um, might remember it, and some of you might have heard it before, but some refer to God as the hound of heaven, and it's a poem that was actually written back in uh, 1870-something, and it's all about how Jesus is the hound of heaven, and that he seeks us out, and he follows us, and that he is constantly on our track, and if you google hound of heaven, you actually come up, it's all an old English, so um, you have to kind of work with it a bit, but God is referred to as the hound of heaven in that poem and it's because he seeks us out, he continually calls out to us because he wants his family back. He wants his family back. He wants his family back. He says, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know, Jesus, when he came, he revealed to us the heart of God, he revealed to us, this is Emmanuel, God, with us. You know, these are foundational truths of our faith that too often we forget, too often we go, oh, yeah, I know that. But, you know, sometimes it needs to drop from here in our head to our hearts, that Jesus came to break every curse, to restore the blessing that was given right back at the beginning. Go back to the beginning because that's what God is still his plan is for mankind. That's what his plan is for creation and the universe. Go back to the beginning. Jesus came to break every curse that the devil tried to mess with. He tried to restore the blessing that was given right back at the beginning that you are blessed and I give you all power and authority and dominion. Yeah? I give you dominion. And so Jesus came to restore that blessing, to restore everything that was taken from us at the beginning, to restore the works of the devil. Because he wants to reinstate what was given right back at the beginning, that you are sons and daughters of God. We are his children, we are his family, and he is light and he is good. And to stomp out the lie that God is not good. You know, I hear all the time, God hates me. I've been hearing that the last couple of weeks. I've been sharing with Shara and talking with her, and she's, you know... I hear people say that God hates me. Oh, God, God hates me. They know there's a God, but they think God hates them because oh, they do stuff that they know isn't pleasing to God. No, God doesn't hate them. And it makes me quite mad. that They think that God hates me. I want to go and fix it. But how many people do you come across and say, oh, no, I'm not good enough to come to church. Oh, I'm not good enough to follow Jesus. Oh, you know, well, if I come to Jesus and then I mess up, what's going to happen? They think God is this God who's out to strike them with lightning or, you know, they feel unworthy because everybody knows when they think about it where they've messed up. And so they go, oh, God must hate me or I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough to come to church. And you go back to the very beginning and it says that God is good. God is good. And his love and his compassion, his mercies are enduring. So what does God want to do? If he's so full of compassion, he's going to pour it out even if you've messed up even if you feel broken, even if you're lost, even if you've had stuff happen, he says, my compassion I want to pour out on you. Compassion is who he is. And we've got to fix that in ourselves to know the absolute truth that God is compassion. Regardless of what has happened around us, that God is compassion and he is good. And when we get hold of it, we need to tell people because there is a world out there that does not know that God is good. They do not know. They absolutely have not got a clue. They don't know, and our job is to show His goodness. How do we do that? By letting our light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine because that's His goodness coming out of you. You know, and it's just when you let your light shine, it just, you don't have to struggle. You just, I'm just going to let my light shine today. Bling, bling. (laughs) Yeah? You know, you read through the Bible and you read through the New Testament, it shows the heart of God, you know, that Jesus, when he came, he says, I come to do the will of my Father. All I ever do is his will. I only do what he says. And what did he do? He healed the brokenhearted. He gave sight to blind eyes, hearing to the deaf. He raised people back to life and returned them to their families. I love that one. He reached out to the lost, the broken, to anyone who came to him. He forgave those who despised him, who beat him, who spat upon him, who pulled his beard out, who whipped him and hung him on a wooden cross and mocked him. Why? He was God of the universe. And yet he hung on a cross and he bore all the darkness and evil and wickedness in his own pure self so that the light that went out in mankind could be switched back on again. Why? Because he is good. He is good, he is good. Say it to the person next to you, God is good. That's why he did it all, because he is good. And he'll chase you down, he'll run after you. He will not give up to you to your dying breath he'll be after you. He'll be after those around you, you know. And our job is to take every opportunity. The Bible says take every opportunity because of days of evil to tell that God is good. Tell, because you don't know the person that lives across the road from you or the person that sits beside you at work or uni or wherever, how many days they've got. And you've got to take every opportunity. We've got to say that God is good because he'll be after them like the hound of heaven till their dying breath. I know, because my dad, he, he missed it. He forgot that God was good. And he let the world and he let circumstances steal the fact that God is good from him. And you know what? God kept him. He kept him alive. And we just thought, how on earth is he still alive? You know what? God kept him alive until he came to the point where he restored his relationship. And I, said, God, I kept on saying to him, Dad, have you made your peace yet? Dad, have you made your peace with God yet? And I knew that God was just holding him. He was just keeping his heart beating. And even when he couldn't speak, even when his body was so, you know, just falling apart, he held him like the hound of heaven until he said, okay, okay, I give up, yeah, because he's a hound of heaven and he'll chase you and he'll hold you until you say yes. Why? Because he is good, he is compassion, he is absolute love. So no matter what happens, no matter what stuff happens, you know, to be crass, no matter what crap hits a fan, yeah, remember that God is good and he'll chase you down. He'll hold you, he'll seek you out. You know, the Bible says he cannot go to the depths of the ocean but God is still there. If you soar to the highest heavens, God is there. If you try to hide, he is still there. And he'll chase you. Google the Hound of Heaven, the poem, because you know what? It puts it in a nutshell. That he'll chase you. You know, the prodigal son. That's the father's heart. Jesus told that because it was his heart. It's a father's heart. But you know, his son. We're his family. Creation is his family. Mankind is his family. He created this world for us. And, he, and we strayed away, and he's there looking, looking, looking for his sons and daughters to come home. And he's standing out looking, and he sends his angels out to gather in. They're the harvesters, you know. And he calls us who know that we're loved, and we know that he is good to go out and get them, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, the word says. Why? Because he is good, and he wants his family back. He went and went to that cross and bore all the evil and wickedness and his pure light, who he was. You know, he went and threw that crucifixion so that he could have his family back. That he could have, you know, he gave his son so that he could have many sons and many daughters. And he'll hold, he'll hold them. He'll hold them. And, you know, we don't know. So I want us to really grab hold of the fact that God is good and we need to tell people. I hate it when they think that God hates them. I just want to shout, no, he doesn't. No, no, no. The stinky devil, he's a liar and he's a father of lies. And Jesus said it about him. He said that he is a father of lies and he's been a murderer from the beginning. Jesus nailed it. That's who it is. And when you hear something and it sounds like it comes from the pit, it probably does. If it sounds stinky, that's because it is. He's a liar. And when you get up a bit in the morning, you go, oh Oh, no, oh no, it's just, you know, feeling plebby, feeling less than what you should, and you feel this depression start to, you get off me, you get off me, because that's a stinky liar, stinky devil. As my dad used to say, he's the hairy legs, you know, he's got, he just creeps along like a tarantula after you. He had some things that he could figure (laughs) out. You know, and he comes and he speaks lies and he doesn't just speak it to the world, he speaks it to the church as well. Yeah, let's not be fooled. Jesus said in John chapter 8, devil is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks it from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of lies. Why? Because just as God is good, the devil is bad. He is a liar and there is no good or light or compassion in him. He is and will always be evil, but the good news is that we have authority over him, and the blessing and authority given to man right back at the beginning has been restored to us. The power of every sin has been broken, Galatians 3.13 says, and Colossians 2 says that Jesus made a public spectacle of the principalities and power of the devil, triumphing over them in the cross that Jesus was raised up and God raised him up and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and power. But get this, Ephesians 2.6 says that when we come to Jesus, when we say, yes, I want to be part of your family, I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God, he then raises us up. He makes us alive in Christ and raises us up together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And he says, behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. We are sons and daughters. And if we can remember that God is good and that he has broken every curse, that he has broken the power of the enemy because you have the light. You know, why does, if we didn't think that you had the light in you, if he didn't think that you had the power in you, then why would he tell you to go and let your light shine? He knows what you've got in you. You've got the essence and power and what was set forth, light be, is inside of you because that's the essence of God. And he knows, and I'll tell you what the devil knows, so he comes and spews rubbish and lies about us and about the rest of mankind to try and keep us in the darkness and keep our light switched off. This morning, let's make a choice to keep that light. You know those, you know you have the dimmer lights? Turn it on full bore and let your light shine. Understand that God is good, that every curse has been broken, that we have the blessing on us. Where is it? On us. We are loved and belong to God, and we are part of his family. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you this morning that we can sing that you are good, that you are good, God, and your love enjoys forever, that what you started at the very beginning, that you have set it in motion and you do not change that we are always and have always been called to be sons and daughters of you. And Lord, I thank you for the light that shines in us. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would turn it up full wattage. Lord, that it would shine from us, that we would illuminate the light and glory of God. Lord, that the essence that is of you in us, Lord, that you would let it shine more brightly. Lord, we cut off the things the enemy has said about us. We cut off the things that the world has thrown at us. We, We stamp our feet on them. We wash in the blood of the Lamb And we stand with your light on us, Lord, with your light shining boldly and brightly out of us. We make no excuses that we are sons and daughters. We grab hold of all that we are in you. Lord, I thank you for your word. We thank you that we can stand on who we are in you. That we are seated in heavenly places with you. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen. Can we sing that song that we sang at the end? Just because, you know, sometimes it's good just to let the words sink into us before we rush out the door. So let it just, God is good. Amen.